Hey, I'm Tyler. And I'm Katie. You're listening to Nostalgia, the podcast that you can check out of your local library. Excellent, Kate. Speaking of checking things out from your local library, Matilda. Tell us about Matilda, Kate. It's a pretty great movie. It's got a soundtrack that's pretty uh, fun, directed by Danny DeVito. Mara Wilson's pretty great. A child actor that I don't hate, but... Maybe she hated acting, you know? Yeah. She's out of the game. She's She wrote way like out a really game. good op-ed about she writes why a she lot. isn't an actor now. She has a lot of op-eds. She's constantly dusting off her keyboard every time like some controversy happens with child actors. You got Danny DeVito, just being Danny DeVito. <laughs> it's great. That's all I got. So you've seen this movie, obviously. Yeah. This was your idea. Let's make it clear Let's make to it the clear. listeners. You've been saying for weeks, maybe months now, can we watch Matilda for the podcast? And here we are. Finally, my wish has been granted. Yeah. I mean, um, I'm excited for this. I really liked this movie as a kid because I really identified with a book kid, you know? Because mm. um, I was a really bookish kid. Did you have telekinetic powers? I did not. Uh, I wish I did. <laughs> but I would just use them to, like, shoot wasabi peas at people, though. Let's not lie. <laughs> Alright, Kate, did you ever read the book, Matilda? I'm sure that I did at some point, but I don't recall. remember. I see. I feel like my memory of reading it is eclipsed by my memory of watching this. Okay, okay. So, Matilda, Kate, is a 1988 children's novel, children's story. It's, it's illustrated, but it's like a chapter book by, of course, English author Roald Dahl. I love saying his name. I know. Roald and he seems like Dahl. vaguely mischievous. Oh, yeah. Just as a man. And Did you do some research about him? Um, not a ton, but the illustrations are by Quentin Blake, who's like partners in crime yeah. with Dahl. Almost every Roald Dahl book you can think of had illustrations by Quentin Blake. That style where we so associate with Dahl. This book came out in 1988. Dahl died in 1990. It's one of his wow. last books. Huh. There's still like three more children's books that come out after this, but still. Near, well, one's posthumous, but the others he just squeezed in oh, during those few years of short years of life he had left. But his first children's book came out in 1943. This guy had a long, wonderful career as an author. The first one was called The Gremlins, and it's based on like these RAF, which is Royal Air Force. Air Force. It's these like legends, the pilots, the World War II pilots would pass around about like gremlins on the wings of your planes. The planes were also, I think, called gremlins. It was this whole thing. So it was this like weird children's book about this like fighter pilot um, urban legend. Anyway, Dahl has a long relationship with Hollywood and adaptation and even writing films himself. That first book, Gremlins, that first children's book. He also wrote short stories, not all of which are for children. But that first children's book, Gremlins, was supposed to be made into a, a live action and animated hybrid movie by Walt Disney. Huh. In the 40s, Walt Disney was developing this project with Dahl. The like book even was published under Disney's imprint with the intention that it would be adapted into a movie. It fell through. The 40s were a very turbulent uh, decade for Walt Disney Studios. As we will cover, I have extensive notes that have just been waiting to uh, uh, get used for some Disney, old Disney movie episodes. We'll get there. So it just didn't happen. But here are some other things Dahl did in Hollywood. Ready? In the 60s, Roald Dahl wrote the screenplay for the James Bond movie, You Only Live Twice. Good for Roald. He is the credited screenwriter for that movie. It's the fifth James huh. Bond movie. It's still Sean Connery. It's really got a lot of range. He does. He co-wrote the movie Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Sure. Yeah, that's his. He yeah. co-wrote that script. Of course, in 1971, the first big adaptation of a doll children's book comes out. Charlie and the Chocolate Factory was the book, which came out in the 60s. Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory is the movie, as we well know. we got to watch that for Gene this Wilder, sometime. Gene Wilder, R.I.P. Yep. Just yep, died. Yep. Just died? When did he die? So 2012. For those listening, this uh, we are recording on January 15th. 
in uh, the year of our Lord, 2023. <laughs> give me, give me a moment. Gene <laughs> Wilder. Let me type that into the old <laughs> Google. 2016. 2016. Oh my God. Just died. Uh, those last Rest in peace. six years were a blur, Tyler. <laughs> Let's not lie to ourselves. You remember anything that happened from 2016 to now? No, you don't. In the late 80s and early 90s, three more of his children's books were turned into movies. Danny the Champion of the World, the BFG, and The Witches. Then, 1996, we got another big year for Roald Dahl children's books turned into movies. James and the Giant Peach. I want to watch that so bad for this podcast. I haven't seen it since I was a kid. It, I loved it to pieces. It's perfect fodder for us. Did you watch that as a kid? Yeah, just once. You've seen, did it scare you? Um, I think I was scared of the big peach. Right? Yeah. It's kind of weird. All right, we're going to have to, we'll get to that. <laughs> but also in 1996, Matilda. Wow. Pretty great year for doll adaptations. So Matilda premiered in theaters August 2nd, 1996. And then, of course, we got our grubby hands on the VHS tape probably not long after, within a few months after. And that's when you and I were watching this as children. Not together, of course. Yeah. That'd be Rented weird. from your local video store or checked out from your library, in my case. <laughs> the screenplay was written by Nicholas Kazan and Robin Swicord. It was directed, as you said, by Danny DeVito. Danny DeVito had been directing movies for a while before this. His first movie he directed was a 1984 TV movie called The Ratings Game. And then uh, he did a few theatrical movies before Matilda. Throw Mama from the Train, him and Billy Crystal, The War of the Roses, and Hoffa, like a movie about the life of Jimmy Hoffa with Jack Nicholson. And, but then he has not directed a movie since 2003, which was Duplex, a Ben Stiller and Drew Barrymore comedy. So he's uh, did it for a while, made some very successful movies, and then hasn't. Mara Wilson, as you said, stars as Matilda. She was 9 or 10 in 1996. She was previously in Mrs. Doubtfire, another one of my favorites and the, she was the Natalie Wood role in the 90s remake of Miracle on 34th Street she's been retired basically since the year 2000 which her last movie was Thomas and the Tank Engine the like the mm, movie version uh -huh. with Alec Baldwin as Mr. Conductor good for you Mara wish that I could have retired at 10 <laughs> I was she, ready well no by then she would have been Oh, 13 yeah. or 14, but still, the point still stands. Um, since then, though, she has performed, she's done a lot of theater, so she's done a lot of stage acting. As you said, she's written a lot of op-eds about how poorly child actors are treated by Hollywood and the media and the public, so she's done some, like, It's little, a really good op-ed. What is it? What is the one that the, I really like? Called? Let's, was let's it, plug it on the, the old podcast. Yeah, take here. a look. Found yeah. it. It was uh, her New York Times op-ed, The Lies Hollywood Tells About Little Girls. That's from 2021. Yeah. Matilda was the book prior to the movie was adapted to a uh, musical theater version in 1990. That was short-lived, though. In 2010, it was adapted again. A new version uh, of a stage musical was written, and that's the version that Netflix made into a movie in 2022. I remember this movie too, Kate. This is a, a you know, uh, breaking our format. We both have seen this. You yep. saw, did you see it a lot? Um, I don't think I watched it, I would say a lot, but definitely at least more than once. Okay. We checked it out of the library a couple times. <laughs> uh, and I saw it at least once. And I remember being very imprinted by the chokey. I uh -huh. found that quite frightening. Well, um, you were pretty, you were a scared kid. <laughs> the chokey really freaked me out. And the uh, the chocolate cake sequence, that's all like one sequence basically, uh, was also very like, it's just like gross. Like it's very effective uh, filmmaking, I feel like, because yeah. it's just so disgusting, the chocolate like a cake. a very visceral, squishy cake. All right, let's jump Ready? in. Yeah, that, why it. do I only remember those two things? Because you only remember intense uh, intense desire for food and intense fright. <laughs> those are your two channels, Tyler. Hmm. Daddy, you're a crook. What? This is illegal. Yeah, keep drilling. Do you make money? Do you have a job? No, but don't people need good cars? 
Can't you sell good cars, Dad? Listen, you little wiseacre. I'm smart, you're dumb. I'm big, you're little. I'm right, you're wrong. And there's nothing you can do about it. Look at Danny DeVito. Just look at him. Look at the way that Danny DeVito is holding baby Matilda in her carrier. It's like he's holding a bag of potatoes. So they've just plunked the uh, the baby car seat into the back <laughs> of a, a station wagon. No, it's not secured. It's fine. A lot of peril for this baby. Yeah, a lot of, lot of infant peril here. Hey, how come you're laughing so hard and yucking it up when you see a Matilda's baby in peril, but on Rugrats you were distressed by all the baby peril? I know. This is a real baby. And that's Raya Perlman, right? It's Raya Perlman, and I just looked it up because I knew you were about to ask. They divorced in 2017. So oh, wow. They're married they still. They had a long, happy marriage until then, huh? Yeah, sure. Look at that poison right next to the sink. <laughs> Matilda's completely neglected, right? She has to put herself to bed, wake herself up. She's like three and a half years old, heating up soup. We got Rusted Root, Send Me On My Way, playing in the background. A complete bop. All right, so Matilda's a genius, but obviously extremely neglected. She's just so tiny. I'm so worried about her, <laughs> you know? Walking to the library, crossing the streets alone. It's like that ga Japanese game show old enough. This is so funny because as a child, I have no memory of this part, but I feel like this went over my head that like every chance they could show her almost die inadvertently, yeah. they do it. Like she's crossing the street. This truck almost runs her over. She doesn't notice. Are you crying? <laughs> All right. Why are we both crying? Matilda's been on for five minutes. We're both in tears. I'm so confused. Oh man. I didn't realize this movie was going <laughs> to our day up so much. Why are we both crying? Oh look, Lorna Doom. <laughs> you love Lorna Doom. So libraries are uh, uh, an amazing... They're a public utility and they <laughs> should be treated as such. I'm unwell. I am confused as to why Danny DeVito is narrating this. Right? Because it's he has the most distinctive voice in the world. It's not like it's obviously a different voice than the yeah. neglectful daddy. It is very strange. Because he's good as both, but it's weird that he's both in this one movie. Yes. Because the narrator's like very positive. So Danny DeVito is like, hey, why are you going to the library? You're only four. And she's like, I'm six and a half. I told you I was supposed to start school. I don't think I've ever seen a piece of intentionally made for children's media where the child main character is so brutally neglected. Yeah, right? Like This is intense. It's, it's really bad. Like, we're both in tears. <laughs> it's really, really intense. Here she is crying into a book. What is the matter with us? No, what's the matter with this movie? <laughs> I just love Danny DeVito's little body. Like, I just think it's so funny. Danny DeVito dad is pulling her around by her yeah. hair. I like the Matilda nuclear option of just punishing her parents. <laughs> Here she goes. You know, in the absence of a caring adult, perhaps children should be able to punish their parents. The decor in this house is absolutely wild. I wish instead of just, you know, turning her dad's hair a funny color, she like called Child Protective Services <laughs> or something. She seems smart enough to do it. I guess that wouldn't make as entertaining of a film. But no, not quite. I just wish that for little Matilda. I know, we're both really worried about little Matilda right now. I forgot they were being investigated by the FBI. <laughs> what a bizarre movie. Oh, man. Is that Paul Rubens? Yeah. What's he doing here? Paul Rubens is one of the FBI agents investigating Matilda's dad? Man, this movie's got everything. We got Pee Wee Herman here. It's got everything, baby. Wow. As a kid, I always freaked out when he showed up in other stuff. It made me so excited. <laughs> Were you scared? Were you I, no, happy? no, I thought it was great because he's he's not in a ton. Mm. So anytime he showed up not as Pee Wee Herman, it always seriously would get me all riled up. Dunstan checks in. I guess this, but I forgot about it. Just Matilda. Daddy, what you're doing is illegal. I just definitively, I love 
petty revenge, you know? Just, like, little dumb revenge, like gluing your dad's hat on his head. I'm bleaching his hair. You know? Not gonna lie, I would like to play this game show that they're would watching you? on TV where they cover you with honey and then put you in a booth where dollars blow all over you. That's what I'm taking away from this traumatizing is that, scene. Is that what you're taking away where from? Where Danny DeVito is holding Matilda's head to make her look at the screen because he doesn't want her to read. As he said, I'm tired of all this reading. She just blew it right up, which I really liked as a kid for some reason. Why was Rhea Perlman wearing sunglasses <laughs> while watching television at night? So Danny DeVito has only signed Matilda up for school because Agatha Trunchable, school principal, was like, I'll beat your kids. He was like, sure, take my kid. I feel like Danny DeVito and the Trunchable don't really share many other scenes together. They look so funny I know. side by side. The Trunchable has great calves. We should all aspire to have such strong calves. I guess Miss Trunchable, the principal, was doing like an informal observation, unclear. Went through the second grade classroom and Julius <laughs> Rotwinkle ate two M&Ms and she just threw him right out the window. <laughs> Is that when, like, boomers are like, hey, you can't discipline kids like you're used to at school. Like, are they just looking for the chokey, you know? Like, are they just looking to have kids literally thrown out a window? What are you looking for, boomers? Write in and tell us. This movie's so funny because, like, this scene would work in, like, a not surreal movie like this where that's what yes. kids... Because right now, we haven't seen her do it. Mm -hmm. They're talking about what she does with the chokey. But, like, this is all real in the, in the movie, right? Like, yes. she really does throw kids. Yes. And lock them in a closet with rusty nails. But it feels like it would be a like a legend that you yeah. hear on the playground. Yeah. You know? All these kids' names are fabulous. Roald Dahl has best. He really can name kids pretty well. Right, because we just heard those two stories. And now within a minute she's going to throw this girl by her pigtails. <laughs> yep. Here we go. She just <laughs> grabbed this kid by her pigtails and is swinging her around like a hammer throw. <laughs> How are you not traumatized by this movie? I don't know. It's so funny what she looks like whizzing through the air. <laughs> she almost got impaled to death on the extremely sharp fence. But it's okay, because instead, she accidentally slid and picked up a nice bouquet of flowers. You know what I missed as a child? The kids critiquing the throw yeah, of yeah. Amanda Thrift. They're like, oh, great loft. <laughs> as if they're so desensitized to their principal throwing children <laughs> that they're just going to critique the form. <laughs> Fabulous. Oh, man. Oh, and now Amanda Trill has to, you know, finish the day at school after yeah. that. Man, this movie just has a lot of child abuse. <laughs> so much and child abuse. It's fun as heck. All right, so we've met Miss Honey. She's nice, but she has a deep, dark secret, of course. Do you think Miss Honey got those glasses from Warby Parker? Yeah, I think Amanda Trill did, too. Amanda Thrip. How the 90s, when you could just leave your class unattended. I love the Trunchable's dartboard with pictures of students on it. Miss Trunchable's office is terrifying. There's, like, a lot of taxidermied animals. Some sort of cursed kabuki mask. Miss Trunchable just keeps shot-putting stuff. It's amazing. Could she not just ask these FBI spies for help? Yeah, right? Like, hey, you two grown men who are casing my father. Could you please get me out of this abusive house? The fact that in this pre-Amazon world, Danny DeVito receiving packages at all hours of the day is supposed to be like this weird quirk. I think Miss Honey might need some boundaries. Miss Honey might need to go to therapy, set some boundaries, stop working at 9 p.m. Yeah, your teacher's not supposed to show up at your house. Miss Honey, you just have to call CPS. It's not your job to investigate. So we've reached the cake scene where Bruce Bogtrotter has been brought out in front of the entire school for eating a piece of the Trunchable's cake. And this cake is unctuous looking. It's very wet. So 
The school cook, who I guess is like their lunch lady, is like just ancient. It's like wiping her snot nose on stuff. I love it. And seems to hate children just as much as the Trunchable. The two different types of chocolate icing look really yummy. They do, don't they? What's that lighter one inside? I'm sure it's like a buttercream or something. Like a mousse. Because there's like a ganache dark, dark one outside. I do love the way that Bruce Bogtrotter triumphantly finishes the cake, (laughs) right? Oh, he's licking the plate. This newt bit is a great moment of like kid suspense. You know what I mean? Like, you know, it's in there. You're waiting for it to get poured out. Then it sits in the glass for a minute. You know, like, it's just so good. These kid actors are really cute. Some of them are not very good though. So Matilda, who up until now, we've gotten kind of a hint that she might have like telekinetic powers. Just once. This and the glass, right? And the um, the TV and she made the glass tip over. Yeah. So she's like, all right, Miss Honey, I can do this with my eyes. I tipped it over with my eyes and my mind. And Miss Honey's been teaching for long enough that she's like, you know what, Matilda, that's very nice. It's so nice that you feel powerful. Cause this is not the first time a kid's been like, I got telekinetic power. (laughs) I'm psychic, Miss Honey. All right, so Matilda, just chilling with Miss Honey. Miss Honey's like, ooh, why don't you come to my house for some tea this afternoon? No, girl, you need boundaries. Oh, girlfriend, get a hobby. Miss Honey, it's okay for your job just to be a job, you know? So are we to believe, based on this sweatshirt, that she is an Olympian? I imagine. She, she Mrs. Trunchbull competed in the 1972 Olympics? Yeah. Oh my gosh, she just yeeted a cat. It was amazing. Yeah, the violence towards, like, animals and children in this movie. It's staggering. You really... Matilda's out here doing a little B&E. All right, so now Matilda and her teacher are committing a crime. They've broken into Miss Honey's childhood home, which has been taken over by Agatha Trunchable. The Trunchable looks like she's going to have a heart attack. <laughs> she really does. She's <laughs> quite sweaty. She's, like, sweating through her sweatshirt. Some people, I think they can pull off an oversized sweatshirt, but whenever I wear one, I do look like the Trunchable. Do you cinch it real cute with a massive weightlifting belt? She's blasted off her second-story <laughs> landing onto the ground. This movie is wild. It is a wild ride, guys. It feels too insane for your taste as a child. It's a lot to take in. Because this is like more extreme than Nickelodeon. I'm surprised you liked this. I know. You just like that she was reading. I just like that Agatha Trunchable has paused in this manic chase scene to eat a big slice of cake because that's the kind of energy that I have. The Trunchbull has killed before and she will kill again. Oh, absolutely. These padlocks in her basement. <laughs> just look blasting through her home like an absolute juggernaut. If any listeners saw this at too young of an age and were extremely traumatized by it, write in. I want to hear your story. I think we were old enough, barely, when this came out, being that we were five and six. So interesting to use Paul Rubens and to, like, not let him speak at all. So are we to believe that her telekinesis is trauma-fueled? Oh, absolutely. I love that she's discovered the secret. Dad, yell at me more. Could she not just, like, set her family on fire now? You know? Now that she's, like, mastered her telekinetic powers. Dad, come here. (laughs) You watch him burn. (laughs) Yeah, couldn't she, like, just carry everyone? You know? Pull a carry? Oh, actually, this is profoundly sad. She's using her newfound powers to help her dad, even though it'd be better for her if she just let him get busted by the police. What is this, a hot tub party? Some of Danny DeVito's one-liners are absolute perfection in this movie. (laughs) (laughs) Scary Magnus. I guess it's a javelin. Uh, a javelin is what you use on land. Uh, no, harpoon would be what you use at sea. What's a spear? Maybe that's amba, ambidextrous. Surf and turf. The Trunchable's grunts and like snorts are just wild. The Trunchable's unwell. She's feral. Everyone in this movie needs therapy. Yes, baby. 
This whole movie would be solved if we just had affordable therapy, destigmatized quality, quality social services. <laughs> I really kind of dig that big oil painting of the Trunchable, though, standing at the 72 Olympics. Should we get it for our house? It would look great on that wall by the TV. Matilda just telekinesis this big oil painting of the Trunchable at the 72 Olympics into the fire, which is amazing. She is becoming Carrie a little bit. Right? It's getting scarier here. I would like to note that Matilda expressly promised she would never go back into that house. Into. Oh, she did not go into. Good point. She did it from the roof of the garage and used her, you know, psychic powers. Miss Trunchbull is just blasting this classroom apart. She's just absolutely destroying it. Miss Trunchbull doesn't skip leg day. You know what's really interesting about the performance that the actor who's playing Agatha Trunchbull is making? There's a lot of range here, even though there's a lot of shouting, right? Like, she spends a lot of time being like, Who was wearing this pretty hair ribbon yesterday? And then she just blasts it out of the ground and stomps on it, you Spits know? on it. It's, like, especially chilling to have the children read it, right? Yeah, the uh, message Matilda's writing on the whiteboard, as if it's from the ghost of the dead dad. All the kids are reading it, and the kids don't seem too freaked out. No, they're totally cool with it. They're just, like, reading it as it's getting written, but they're not like, oh, no. So as revenge for this ghost message... The Trunchable just picked up a random boy and threw him out the window. Yeah, she's back just on her bullshit. Any boy. She she's learned nothing. She didn't suspect he had anything to do with it. It was just the first child she saw upon waking. So now all the violence against children has, is being repaid by violence against the Trunchable. It's a very violent movie. It really is. Shocking. Now she's going to choke out Lavender for no yeah. reason. I get that Miss Honey has done nothing to intervene. However, comma, she could maybe call the police. <laughs> Miss Honey's like, come on kids, let's go throw food at the principal. Because like every kid has some revenge on adults fantasies, mm -hmm. but this movie goes so far out of its way to justify this like violent overthrow of the principal because they obviously make her atrocious. It's just so weird. So Matilda has just had adoption papers ready to go at any moment. Yeah, she's had them since she was big enough to use the Xerox machine. <laughs> Profoundly sad. If you were like a neglected kid who had a really good teacher in your life, wouldn't this movie just make you so upset? Because you'd be like, yeah, I wish my, my nice teacher adopt would adopt me. Which like, of course, would never really happen. But in this movie, that's what happens. Spoilers. Sorry, everyone. Ugh, Miss Honey had to move up to admin. I know. Ugh. She could have had summers off. Yeah, this is supposed to be a happy ending that Miss Honey became the principal, but she did lose her summers off. Yeah. I did secretly want telekinetic powers so that I could summon a book like that from my bookshelf <laughs> as a child. This boy, Bruce Bog Trotter, is none other than a vicious sneak thief. You're a disgusting criminal, aren't you? I don't know what you're talking about. Cake. Chocolate cake. You slithered like a serpent into the school kitchen and ate my personal snack! Do you deny it? Confess. Well, it's hard for me to remember a specific cake. This one was mine. And it was the most scrumptious cake in the entire world. My mom's is better. It is, is it? How can you be sure unless you have another piece? Sit down, Bob. Woo, that was a wild ride. Everything you remembered? 
It was a lot more violent than I remember. <laughs> it's very intense. A at times. lot of violence and a lot of like so gratuitous violence. Adult on adult, adult on child, child on adult, child on child. No one is spared. No one is spared. Everything. It was that was very violent. And if it so when Matilda's parents aren't neglectful towards her, they're abusive towards her, mm-hmm. right? Which is like holy sh. That's a lot to take in. Yes. Jennifer Honey doesn't have any boundaries. Girl, go to therapy. Why did they say her first name? I oh missed God. that. That's all uh, Miss Trunchable called her. She goes, Jennifer. Jenna or Jennifer? Jenna. 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 You'd be a good Trunchable. Listen to that. That was I, great. That was a great I would Trunchable. would be a great Trunchable. It actually, I think, would be very funny to see a small Trunchable. I'm a very small be person. Be the Trunchable for Halloween. I'll be Matilda. I, oh, I would be a great Trunchable. All right. I just want to throw the hammer. Weren't you disturbed by the content as a child? I don't think so. I don't think I was disturbed enough. <laughs> You're just like, yes, what Matilda. Who was punish I? Punish them. I think there is a certain, like, level, right, of every kid wishes they could get revenge on an adult in their lives, right, who they don't feel, like, treated them right, whether that was, like, a teacher who wasn't nice to them mm-hmm. or a parent, right? Like, no one has a, a perfect childhood where, right. you know, there isn't someone that you want to take revenge on. If you had one right in congratulations to you yeah you win a medal for perfect childhood yeah but i feel like as a kid this like gratuitous level of violence was just like not bothering me it's so strange it's so strange you don't remember it as being super violent either though no i mean all like i said earlier when we started i remember bruce bogtrotter having to eat the cake and i do remember how scary the chokey is Mm -hmm. and the you know that cake scene is disturbing it's so disturbing you know eat the whole cake you know that whole thing but uh yeah i don't remember i don't Somehow I don't remember the pigtail throw, which is like... Oh, the pigtail throw is great. It's the best... Mo- not the best, but it's one of the most like iconic moments of mm-hmm. this whole thing. It's just startling. This movie yeah. so insanely I'm like intense. exhausted. I love how surreal it is. Like violence aside, I just love how it like exists in this very bizarre yeah, take oh, on reality. Absolutely, you know, it's like yeah. obviously not meant to be a perfect realistic version of our world. It's just so bizarre. I don't even know what to say, Kate. It's like beyond out. Did there. you like it? I think I had a good time. Would you show it to a bookish six year old? I don't think I would. Interesting. It depends on the kid, but I don't think I'd like want a kid to watch this. I'm uh, yeah. scared they're gonna come get me. I'm surprised you and I weren't more traumatized I by know. this. Because some stuff in it is really intense. I, yeah, and I was like a very impressionable kid in terms of like violence and like, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's just interesting. I mean, I enjoyed it. Did you enjoy watching it? I enjoyed watching it. I enjoyed Danny DeVito. I think he was doing a great job. Uh-huh. Um, Rhea Perlman. Hilarious. Doing the most. She's very funny in this. Very funny in this. And I don't think gets enough credit. Mara Wilson. Excellent child actress. Great child actor. Her delivery is like, it's great. She doesn't seem like a child actor, you know? She's very natural and like funny and everything. This was great. It's just, it's just bizarre. Like, I feel like the telekinetic stuff, it's just so weird. Everything about this movie is bizarre. It is really fun to watch, yeah. but I agree that it, uh, we're not parents, but if we had a, a young child, I think I'd make them wait a while to see this. Or maybe we'd read the book first. Maybe. I, yeah, I don't know. Right. Can you digest this stuff uh, a little better in book form than see? Uh, anyway. I don't know. It was, it was, it's certainly unique. I can't say I've ever seen anything quite like this. Yeah. Teachers, don't adopt your students. Oh, yeah. That's a big... Oh, that's that was the last thing I wanted to say. That, like, happy... What is supposed to be a happy ending left me pretty sad and upset. Yeah. That the big happy ending is that her nice teacher adopts her. Like, that's a very rare, unusual circumstance. And we both had 
pretty darn good childhoods. Delightful. So we were not in the situation to think like, oh, my parents are abusive. I wish that one adult in my life who's nice and supportive, my teacher, would adopt me. And I just feel like if you were that kid and you saw this, I think it would just give you a really false sense of hope that is it's something that pretty much never happens. And maybe shouldn't happen. Anyway. Anyway. Any final thoughts? There's nothing more significant in this movie than the Trunchbull's calves. Tell us what to watch next time, guys. Leave us a voice message. There's a link in this episode description. Email us, nostalgia.aol.com. Find us on social media. You know what to do. Listen, you little wiseacre. I'm big. You're little. I'm right. You're wrong. When you're very small, the world is a very big place. But for Matilda, the bigger they are, the harder they fall. Matilda. Rated PG.